Amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, welcome, everyone. Welcome, 157, 111. And anyone, those who are joining us and those who are on the prayer line, we thank God for Jesus. Thank you for joining us. Amen. Amen. We'll be starting in just a few more minutes. Actually, we'll be starting in a minute. And uh, we will begin with prayer. And let's do that right now. Most gracious God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for this wonderful experience that we are about to have with you. Thank you for all those who are joining us and who have joined who have joined us. Thank you for your revelation, your inspiration, and all the things that you assist us with as we strive to be the person and the people that you would have us to be. Touch now and guide us and bless us is our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Good evening, Regina. Good to see you. Amen. Good to hear from you. And uh, we last week we talked about this week, uh, looking at a few things for the next several weeks um, about belief and faith. And tonight's class, you know, is about believing in the ridiculous, ridiculous things when it comes to belief and faith. And, you know, the truth of the matter is that it is a continuation of dealing with our fears because lots of time we don't believe, uh, we don't have, as we would say, a strong faith because um, we're fearful. We're fearful of praying and getting no result. We're fearful. We're fearful of believing things that are ridiculous, that don't seem to make sense. And um, it's just part of our human tendency at times. Uh, and um, in uh, Hebrews 11 and 30, it refers to a fairly well-known story that happened in the Old Testament. It said it was by faith that the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. And I'd ask folks if they wanted to read Joshua 6, um, with the, where that episode is, at least one through five, Josh, Joshua six, one through five. It's a very well known story of the people of Jericho were afraid because the Israel were uh, were near. They closed the city gates and guarded them. No one went into the city. No one came out. And the Lord said to Joshua, Look, I've given you Jericho, its king, and all its fighting men. Amen. Welcome 565. 
March around the city with your army once a day for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets made from horns of male sheep and have them march in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times and have the priests blow the trumpet as they march. They will make one long blast on the trumpets. When the, you hear that sound, of all the people give a loud shout. The walls of the city will fall. Uh, so, so that so the people can go straight to the city. Amen. Hey, straight into the city. So that, as I said, that's a pretty well known uh, story, and um, uh, and we want to look at it tonight. Because that pattern is 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 uh, comes up in the Old and New Testament uh, many times. But if you look at it from this point of view, the instructions that God gave to Joshua to give to the people was very ridiculous. I mean, in human terms, human understanding, how can you conquer a city with a formidable army? And how can you make the wall fall down just by marching around it, blowing the shofar, you know, horns, um, sheep horns, and, um, and, and shouting. But that's exactly what believing and having faith is all about. You gotta believe in the extraordinary what's not ordinary you have to believe in the impossible what is not possible you have to believe outside of the box you have to believe beyond what you can imagine or see at times and definitely beyond what you understand. Amen. So, that is the thing. So, who wants to look foolish? Uh, who wants to think of themselves as just believing and what just doesn't make any sense, but that's exactly what belief and faith is all about. Amen. Amen. That which is not ordinary, that which is extraordinary. Amen. Amen. That not what is regular, what is irregular. Amen. The opposite 
of what we would expect. Not what we expect, what we wouldn't or even couldn't expect. So, that wonderful story. This is a fortified city, a walled city, but a city that is placed in a strategic location. It was necessary for the Israelites to go through Jericho. Otherwise, their journey would be much more arduous. And believe it or not, they, prob they would face even more formidable uh, opponents adversaries as they traveled through the promised land. Jericho had a great reputation for its fortification they had to go through. And, but God said to them, listen, the city is surrounded by walls, and they have a formidable army, but I've given you the victory already. Even that statement is ridiculous. Even before God instructed them what to do, he made a statement that in human terms would be ridiculous. Uh, you can imagine how many, many, many people felt. The same God, though, who had provided for them and had done miracles in their sight, though is the same God that is making this promise to them. I'll give you the city. You shall overtake the king and its army. March around the city with your army once a day for six days. Interesting though in this story that God gave the people, gave Joshua, the leader, specific, specific instruction how this miracle will come about. It will come about by some belief and some faith on their part, some action on their part, following in the precise way that it is given to them. Now here's the thing. This is also part of believing and trusting in God. And what makes it ridiculous? Because many times, on our part, we are told to do what may seem silly, foolish, and unintelligent, dumb, or whatever. But then we have to do it the same way. How often or how many times have God given us instructions, and we have said, no, I can't be really this way. We have put our two cents in. We have used, try to put our intellect into it 
And so now this it, it gotta be this way. And then all that way. Or the other way. God really couldn't mean it that way. I didn't hear it right. I don't understand it right. Uh, you know, but no, 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 no. Just do it God's way. March around the city once a day for six days. Now pay attention, people, to the instruction that God gives us. And then I have seven priests carry trumpets made of arms of male sheep and have them march in front of the ark, the ark of the covenant. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times and have the priests blow trumpets as they march. He's saying to the people, this is the way to do it. May not make any sense to you. Certainly wouldn't make any sense to your uh, adversaries. I can imagine the people in the walled city of Jericho laughing their heads off. What in the world are they doing? And that's the, that is the way that, um, that people do look at us. And they don't understand what God is doing with us and how he's instructing us. Hey, it's crazy what they're doing. Yes, but God has given them instructions to do some ridiculous things in order to bring about the miracle that he has promised them. Then they'll make one long blast on the trumpets. When you hear that long blast, that sound, all the people should shout out loud. Shout of victory. A blast from the cell, one last blast. As you know, the shofar is blown in different ways to signify different things. Enemies are coming, this or that or the order. It's time for the Shabbat. Oh, a victory sound from the trumpet. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? I'm telling you, people within that city probably fell on their back screaming and laughing when they heard the sound of victory. But the people are still behind the walls. But then the walls of the city fall so that the people will walk on it flat walk in on the walls of the falling down without any impediment, no sweat, no sweat. In a lot of ways that passage of scripture is self-explanatory, it's fairly well known and 
we believe it, we understand it, it's simple enough, but the question is, do we believe it for ourselves? Do we believe it for ourselves? Do we believe that following some ridiculous instructions from God would make us walk over our problems? They'll come down so flat that all we have to do is walk over on the same things that were impeding us. But like I said, this is a pattern. You see, they went over. It's not based necessarily on precedent. No one there I know never seen walls come down flat by people walking around the wall and by blowing on. Uh, but it's a matter of being obedient to God, as you can tell. But then look at what happened in chapter 6 of Genesis. Noah preached for a long time that God would send rain for 40 days and night to destroy the earth. He prepared an ark, you know, you know that well-known story too. People didn't believe Noah. First of all, rain. Yeah, you nuts, man. Rain, what is rain? They've never seen rain. Noah never saw rain. It never rained before. All the water that they had came out of the moisture, out of the earth. And um, there, you know, there wasn't rain. Uh, never saw water pouring out of the sky, much less to tell them that it's going to cover them, flood them out. The whole idea of rain was ridiculous. If we have never seen something, it's often appeared to us to be ridiculous. No follow God's instructions. So his family was saved. Now he built this large boat which was ridiculous. And like I said, I'm sure that they laughed at him, probably even in front of his face, when he kept telling them what was going to happen. Look at First Kings when you get a chance. Chapter 18. You can write that down. First Kings, chapter 18. Verses 141 through 46. 1 Kings 18, 41 through 46, when you get a chance. You know, Elijah's servant was told to go and check to see if rain was going to come. That's a fairly well known story. But when on the seventh time, that uh, Elijah's servant uh, one, one came back and said, he just saw a little bit, just a tiny uh, 
cloud the size of a man's hand. And then Elijah predicted that a great rain would come. I mean, it had to be ridiculous. Rain without cloud. Then look at the New Testament. Paul was called mad for preaching Jesus, who he had never actually seen, but had studied the way of Christ and became totally convicted of his truth. Paul, you're nuts. How can you be so sold out? How can you be so certain? You weren't even one of his nearest followers. So many believers are called crazy for their witnesses because they see what others cannot see. And I guess that's something for us to stop, think about, pray about, internalize and realize that when we are in Christ, when we believe in the ridiculousness of God's miracles coming to pass, people will think that we are out of it. We are out of our mind because we will see things that they cannot see. And this, like I said, that kind of things is repeated in the Old and New Testament all the time. The challenge is for us is to believe strongly enough that what we pray for, we can actually see spiritually before it is manifested. And that's what Hebrews 11 and 1 is all about anyhow. And not only seeing things that others don't see, but those things motivate us to act on our belief, and that's what we call faith. You know, it's hard to act on our belief when it seems crazy. I said this last week, this is an, a crude analogy that I use from time to time, that if the sun was shining brightly and God told you that it was going to rain, believing God, would you go into the streets with a raincoat, a rain hat and boots, with bright sun shining? Amen. Would you do that? Well, if God told you that was going to happen, that's what we're talking about, believing and having faith. We come to think about it, here is a theological nugget. Here is something that should let us sit back for a minute and reflect on. We talk about the Jericho Wall. We talk about Noah, and there's so many other examples. Elijah, more than one example of things happened that were totally 
unpredictable, but it came to pass because Elijah believed it and he acted on faith. But then again, we talk about Paul, who was a powerful believer in Jesus and what Jesus stood for. And Jesus' divine power. So here we are. We have never seen Jesus. But we believe that he died to save us. Stop to think about that. Our salvation, our conversion, our discipleship is based on Jesus who we have never seen. So when we act on our belief, faith in Jesus Christ, that's what it's all about. And last week we were talking about faith in the Old Testament, faith in God. Hey, that's what intrinsically faith means to believers not a haphazard uh, weak understanding of faith but faith in God and when we have faith in God we believe everything is possible just like he says and then as New Testament people we believe in God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You know, God, as I said, delivers us as well as delivers to us. It's the same difficulty that we face that God delivers us from that he uses to deliver us. That is one of the essence of the story of marching around the city. That what became the impediment became the means of walking through the city and getting to where they were going. And so, if you want, you can read Joshua 6, 6 to 20 that's the you know that's the entire story and and you'll get um, a good sense of what it was all about amen amen thank you lord thank you jesus Amen. Let's do one more thing before we close.
So, oftentimes have we felt the Holy Spirit telling us to pray for certain things or certain ones, to do certain things, to try certain things, and we did not do it or did it half-heartedly or without conviction because it just didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. But like I said, that pattern shows up both in the Old Testament and the New Testament over and over and over again. God called us to do the extraordinary in order to accomplish the ordinary. Amen, 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 amen. I'm going to stop there and see if people...